Hello, everybody, and welcome to Teachers in the Dungeon. I'm Tom Gross, your co-host for the show, and Dan Ream, the other co-host, is off with our Texas, getting some uh, language intervention, I believe. So Dan is not here joining me, but you've got me with you today on Teachers in the Dungeon. We're so happy that you are joining us today, as every week as we release shows pretty regularly on Tuesdays, and every now and then we get a bonus action episode extra in each week. So check out the uh, check out the show in those all those locations in which you grab your podcasts, um, and uh, follow us there and like us, comments if you can. Let us know how you are liking the show. You can also follow us on social media. We are on Facebook. Teachers in the Dungeon, Instagram, Teachers in the Dungeon, and Twitter at Dungeon Teachers. So you can join us there, join our conversation, help us build this positive community of Dungeons and Dragons, RPG gamers, um, and uh, just have a great time with us. Speaking of social media, a couple weeks ago, I guess actually on April 19th, we put a tweet out there that reads like this. It says, who loves D&D magic? Sorcerers, wizards, warlocks, druids. What is your favorite magical spell to drop on your opponent? We got some replies that I want to share with you here. And if you did not get a chance or you missed that uh, post and you didn't get a chance to reply, you can always go back. Like I said, it was posted on April 19th. Let us know what your uh, favorite magical spell is to drop on your opponent. But here, our good friend, uh, Chris Metz, who is uh, Captain Rick's Maddie, he says nothing better than polymorphing a scary enemy into a harmless kitty cat or turtle. I think I've seen him do that to a few uh, creatures along the way. Great use of the polymorphing uh, spell. Our friend Sam, the educational DM, he says, he has a little comment here, comment here, which I really like. He says, I think it's a little flawed to think that only clerics, druids, and bards have the healing magic. I'd like to see something like an option for wizards to learn healing spells at a higher level or something like that. And I'd like to see sorcerers and warlocks be a little bit more flexible. I cannot argue with that. I I think that uh, I think there's some validity to that, and maybe a way to modify your game. That would be a great table rule uh, for your game to consider giving those uh, those different magic casting uh, classes a little bit more flexibility there. Also, he says uh, Sam says uh, otherwise. I love the spiritual weapon. <laughs> I know our friend uh, Mark, who plays Bert in the ongoing series that we've got going on right now in Slint, he uh, uses that spiritual weapon quite a bit, and I love it when that comes out because that means one more extra attack for the good guys uh, in the battle. And then our friends over at Smuggler's Coffee, <laughs> of course, of course, this is their favorite spell. Fireball. I couldn't agree more. There's nothing more exciting than a fireball going off on the battlefield, especially if it gets a little dicey when a little bit of that range of that fireball has some friendly fire. <laughs> it's good to see the looks across the table when someone's taking some damage. But I think most of the time people are like, I'll take a little damage to do some heavy damage to our enemies. Anyway, there you go. That is our uh, our responses from our last social media questions we put out there. 
check us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Twitter, sometimes we do put out uh, some questions like that. Feel free to join in the conversation. We love to uh, hear from all of you. Well, today I want to talk a little bit about uh, Dungeons and Dragons books. So a little caveat here. I'm not talking about the rule books, the player's handbook, DM's guide, Xanathar's, all of those. I'm talking some of the supplemental uh, type of things that we can find about the game that we love. So today I'm going to talk a little bit about the series. I've got three, three, I guess technically three books, but one of the, is a collection of books. And uh, so today I'm going to talk about uh, Jim Zub's Young Adventurer's Guide is a collection of books. Um, and then I want to talk about John Peterson's book, uh, Game Wizards, for the or the epic battle for Dungeons and Dragons. Then I want to talk about uh, another book. We're going to start seeing some authors threading through all of these. Um, Kyle Newman, John Peterson, and Michael Whitwer wrote a book called Heroes Feast, the official D&D cookbook. And then finally, the granddaddy of them all, our modern D&D, very visual history book uh, by Michael Whitwer, Kyle Newman, John Peterson, and Sam Whitwer is Dungeons and Dragons, Art and Arcana of Visual History. Beautiful book. I'm going to talk about each one of these. You know, it's, it, it goes to my uh, to my core to want to talk about books, being a uh, school librarian and so uh, the way I plan on going through these books is I want to share, I'll do a lot of reading to you. So I hope you're okay with that. I love reading to people, kids especially. Um, but I want to read some passages out of here as I talk about these books. Um, so a couple things for you. If you've read one of these books or you have it and you've used it in some way, I would love to hear from you. We would love to hear from you. Uh, you can send us an email, teachersinthedungeon at gmail.com, and let us know how you've used these books uh, in various ways, maybe with your players at the table to try to give them a little background. Maybe you've got some young people in your life, your family, or maybe you're an educator like uh, Dan and I are, and you've used these books in some way to inspire kids uh, to play the game or maybe to um, inspire their writing or their creativity and imagination. And so let us know how you use uh, these books. Over the next several weeks in Twitter uh, and on Instagram, I will put many images from these books because uh, I think the art, one of the things that really draws me to Dungeons and Dragons, especially as an adult, but it kind of probably started with me, oh, I don't know. I mean, it was all in my adult years, I would say. Clear back to college, uh, the art of Dungeons and Dragons really started uh, appealing to me. Um, as a kid with the first edition, I always enjoyed the art, and I'm going to talk about a little bit of that in uh, when I talk about art and arcana, um, but it wasn't quite as impacting to me. Just playing the game and rolling the dice, uh, doing things was more than, whereas now I just love sitting back and looking at some of these pictures, and all of these books I'm going to talk about have image, and I take that back, all of these but one of them <laughs> really use image to tell the story. So let me start with the Young Adventurer's Guide. I was looking online um, at how many of these books there are, and I think I have them all. Correct me if I'm wrong, uh, somewhere in social media or someplace, or if I have an error, I'll correct it on another show later on. But I believe there are five of them. Uh, there are, and four of them come in a box set that you can buy. 
Um, and then one, I'm not sure. I think I got it through Scholastic. Remember, remember Scholastic when you would, uh, when you were in grade school, you would get those newspapery uh, Scholastic flyers, and you'd take them home, and you'd ask your parents to buy you books, and you always, I, I always liked the books that came with something like an eraser top or something like that. And so I think I got Be Beasts and Behemoths through uh, Scholastic. One of my kids' orders came through. And of course, I still get excited when I see those come because I love to know that kids are still buying books and building their own personal collections. And when I saw Dungeons and Dragons in the Scholastic, you know I had to buy it. Of course I did. And so I got Beasts and Behemoths. And then the others, I purchased them individually, but I think they come in a box set. It's Warriors and Weapons. Monsters and Creatures, Dungeons and Tombs, and Wizards and Spells. <laughs> I love it. And I just, I could picture myself as a little kid grabbing one of these books and just being entranced. Now the art now is a lot different than it was when I was a kid. So I think art might've been a little bit more impacting on me now or then if I'd had books like this. But anyway, as I mentioned, um, this book is written by, or this series of books is written by uh, Jim Zub. And if you don't know uh, Jim Zub, he is a magnificent uh, writer and uh, illustrator. He, I first found him in reading a series of graphic novels. Um, and I want to say it's the, uh, the Dritz Stewarden, or maybe it was a, um, a Baldur's Gate comic. I don't remember now. Um, is the first place I encountered Jim Zub. Then he just sort of started popping up here and there over the over several years. And then here I, I found him in Warriors and Weapons in this Young Adventurer's Guide series. Um, the books are written by Jim, along with Stacey King and Andrew Wheeler, uh, published by 10 Speed Press out of California. And uh, and when I get into these, they're a little bit smaller. So it's not like a rule book, a Dungeon Dragons Player's Handbook. It's a smaller, more of a handbook kind of uh, size. And I'm guessing that this is probably about 100 pages long. Yes, it's 103 pages long. And the first thing you see when you get to the title page is a beautiful, on, uh, on the opposite of the title page is a beautiful full color uh, picture. And all of the books begin that way. And then when you turn to the uh, table of contents, you get the breakdown of the book, of course. I mean, that's how most books uh, roll. But I wanted to go and turn one more page to the introduction and just give you a flavor of Jim Zub's writing. Because to me, it's really accessible for kids. I would probably say kids starting in the age of mm, probably anywhere from third to fifth grade is, is the target for this, but I will tell you, I've, I enjoy reading these books. I think they're a lot of fun for any age, but for an emerging reader, probably second through fifth grade is where most kids will start being able to really dive into the words. But if you're introducing Dungeons and Dragons to kids, even younger kindergarten through third, fourth grade, um, the, they would just probably enjoy flipping through these and, uh, and looking at the pictures and then you or someone else, a mentor or someone, a gaming mentor at the table could, uh, point out specific things about each page. I love it. But here's how Jim Zub starts his book, Warriors and Weapons. This is a fantasy story. You are the main character. Who are you? What do you do? This book is a way to answer those two very important questions. It's a guide to fascinating races that populate the world of Dungeons and Dragons, 
and the combat-centered classes that define their role as adventurers. It gives you a wide range of options to choose from, along with armor, weapons, and other equipment to outfit your heroic persona. Read this book from start to finish, or open it at any spot. Get pulled in by the exciting illustrations and, this, and start brainstorming from there. The more you read, the more your character ideas will spring from your imagination. Every character is unique, even when two of them share the same race and class. The decisions they make will make them uh, will take them on an exclusive journey that is yours to tell. Dungeons and Dragons is all about building memorable characters, and the legends of your grand deeds are about to begin. Have fun. Oh my gosh, you guys, I think that is so awesome. I love the positivity in that introduction. I love how it draws you in as a reader. And I think about this being read from the perspective of, you know, a kid just, just starting to introduce him or herself to Dungeons and Dragons and how encouraging that is and how much fun that is. Then we flip through uh, the pages and he, he covers uh, all of the different races, not all, but all of the basic different races from gnome, human, dwarf, elf, half-elf, half-orc, and so on. Then he dives into the classes. And one thing, one feature that I think is really cool about what he does with the classes is, so here I'm looking at uh, on page 30, uh, the barbarian. And it gives some of the, you'll recognize many of the things uh, here on the Barbarian from the player's handbook, like primal paths. And he goes over some of the primal paths and he, and he describes what barbarians are. Barbarians are warriors of rage. They call upon deep wells of anger from within or draw on the fury of their ancestral spirits to grant them power and strength in their times of need. He also starts uh, talking about the Barbarian with some questions. Are you fearless in the face of danger? Do you prefer nature instead of big cities? Do you sometimes lose yourself in anger? You might make a good barbarian. <laughs> I love it. Um, but then what's cool is when you turn the page, he gives you a legendary barbarian. In this case, it's Wolfgar the Warhammer from the Dritz Duerden stories that Ari Salvatore so beautifully has written. And several of them, uh, the, the, um, the legendary warriors are from that. Like here's Bruno, Bruno Battlehammer as fighter. Then you go into some others like the monk is Wei Shu and uh, the paladin is, oh, I turned too many pages. One second. <laughs> the paladin is Red Clay. I'm not sure where Red Clay is from, but you find Minsk the Mighty uh, as the legendary ranger and so on. I think that's really cool goes through weapons and equipping your character and things like that. And here is how Jim Zub concludes the every one of these books um, from the Young Adventurer's Guides. It's using whatever it is, monsters, behemoths, uh, dungeons, wizard spells, or in this case, using heroes to tell your own story. He says, reading about adventure is a great way to stir up your imagination and creating characters is an important first step in composing your personal stories. Building a new character is about discovering who they are at the beginning of their journey and then figuring out who they might become as the legend grows across the land. And then he goes on and asks some new questions. Who are your characters? Where does your story take place? When does the story happen? How do things change as the story proceeds? What should someone feel as they experience your story? And why are your heroes going on to this adventure? He says, remember, 
You don't have to answer all these questions by yourself. Dungeons and Dragons is a collaborative game where you work with your friends to create your own stories. One person acts as the narrator called the Dungeon Master and the other players each take their role of a hero called a player character in an adventuring story. I'm sorry, adventure party in your story. The Dungeon Master sets up the scene by describing a place and any threats that may exist and then each player contributes ideas explaining their own character's actions. With each scene created by the group, the story moves forward in unexpected and entertaining ways. You guys, if you have not checked out this series, The Young Adventurer's Guide by Jim Zub, I highly, highly recommend it. They are so much fun to read as adults, but they are also fun to read for introducing uh, kids to Dungeons & Dragons. Here, I want to move on with our next book. This book I picked up last fall um, by John Peterson. It's called Game Wizards, The Epic Battle for Dungeons and Dragons. This is a history book of not the game itself, but the creation of the game. The people, uh, uh, Arneson, Gygax, uh, all the crew from uh, Lake Geneva and Minnesota who came together to build and create this game of Dungeons and Dragons. It addresses all of the, the creation of it, as well as the conflict that came with it. Uh, sadly, all of the conflict that came with it. But you know, when a lot of people have a lot of great ideas and a business and money are involved, there's bound to be some conflict. But this is a great history piece of the game. Um, I have thoroughly enjoyed reading this. Um, being nonfiction, it takes a little longer for me to get through it uh, because I, it just it just does. It's the way it works. But um, but for some for people who love the history of the game and want to know the background of it, I started reading it because Dan and I, as you all know from listening to our past shows, uh, Dan and I went to Gary Khan in Lake Geneva. First time I've ever been to Lake Geneva. First time I'd ever been to a role playing uh, convention. And knowing that I was going to the home of Dungeons and Dragons, uh, Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, I saw this book and I knew I had to read it. So I do want to share just a little bit about uh, the book. This comes from the back of the book. Um, I always figured the professional summary uh, folks can do a heck of a lot better than I can. And so here's what they say about Game Wizards, the epic battle for Dungeons and Dragons. When Dungeons and Dragons was first released, to a small hobby community, it would hardly seemed destined for mainstream success. And yet this arcane tabletop role-playing game became an unlikely pop culture phenomenon. In Game Wizards, John Peterson chronicles the rise of Dungeons and Dragons from hobbyist pastime to mass market sensation. From the initial collaboration to the later feud of its creators, Gary Gygax and Dave Arneson, as the game's 50th anniversary approaches, Peterson, a noted authority on role-playing games, explains how Dungeons & Dragons and its creators navigated their successes, setbacks, and controversies. Peterson describes Gygax and Arneson's first meeting and their work toward the 1974 release of the game, the founding of TSR and its growth as a company, and Arneson's acrimonious departure and subsequent challenges to TSR. He also recounts the satanic panic, accusations that D&D was sacrilegious and dangerous, and how they made the game famous. With Game Wizards, Peterson restores historical particulars long obscured by the competing narratives spun by the one-time partners that record amply 
demonstrates how the turbulent experience of creating something as momentous as Dungeons and Dragons can make people remember things a bit differently from the way they actually happened. This book has been a phenomenal read, very thorough. They do have images and pictures in it, uh, black and white images and pictures of, oh, some some uh, maps of Lake Geneva, uh, some even um, primary sources in the handwriting of the, the guys who got this started, contracts with signatures by Gygax Arneson um, that describes sort of the history. Some sketch art in here, uh, that are done some original uh shots and facsimiles of like the chainmail books and the original dungeons and dragons books um very historical there's also a, a pretty extensive bibliography in here of where peterson acquired the information that he got from this there's also has a nice index uh pretty thorough index of about 20 pages to find just what you're looking for in this book if you're doing research on the game. But Game Wizards, the epic battle for Dungeons and Dragons, I highly recommend it as a piece for uh, people who are really wanting to get into the nuts and bolts of how did this, uh, how did this book come, or how did this game come about? I also note some similarities between, I guess, the then and now. Um, one observation I'll make is, um, regarding this format of podcasting that you're listening to right now, uh, back in the day, in the early 70s, it seemed that the best way to communicate uh, information about role-playing and wargaming and sort of this underground world of, of, uh, of role-playing and, and gaming was through uh, the zines, uh, individual, very highly focused magazines that were put out by various companies and even just individuals or wargaming clubs. And I was making a connection between the way in which they really targeted a very, very specific sort of audience. And I look at today and podcasting and how today's podcasting seems to uh, kind of replaced the concept of the zine. Now, when we want to find information, we go to social media, we go to the podcasts, we meet and get together with these communities um, very much in the way that the zines created uh, those types of communities in a well, as well. So anyway, just an observation that I pulled out of that uh, from historical context connecting to today's world. Um, really, really cool book. So check that out if you are into that. This next book would be a book that's probably more suited to Dan than it is to me because he's much better working and navigating the uh, the kitchen than I am. But this book looks phenomenal. I can't wait to make some things. Dan and I have talked about maybe uh, putting some of the uh, doing some things with this book and uh, using our YouTube. That's part of our Teachers in the Dungeon at gmail.com. But anyway, this book is called Dungeons and Dragons: Heroes Feast. The Official D&D Cookbook by Kyle Newman, John Peterson, and Michael Whitwer. This book is, is super cool. If you are a cook, this is a must book for you. I am not a cook, but at the same time, this was a this is a book that I really wanted to get my hands on um, because while I don't necessarily, I'm not very good at cooking, I do love to eat. And so I wanted to get this book for the for the, uh, the value of the reading of these three authors, because I've seen things by them, uh, as mentioned, uh, the Game Wizards, John Peterson wrote, but then 
uh, Michael Whitwer and Kyle Newman um, have some works that uh, are pretty great as well. So I thought this would be a really cool book to get. And um, actually, it was given to me as a gift from uh, another podcaster, Dan Zare of Coffee with Kenobi. Uh, he gave me this book, <laughs> which is super cool. And I appreciate that gift from him. But as I'm flipping through this book, tons and tons of pictures and cool pictures that anyone who loves Dungeons and Dragons would love. But I wanted to share with you a um, kind of how this book is is broken down. Um, I'm, I'm looking for that. I'm trying to be quiet while flipping through the pages. So sorry if you're hearing me flip pages here. Uh, in the table of contents, it's cool how they break this down. Um, this book has six chapters and each chapter is cuisine from a different race. I guess all of the chapters aren't that way, but as an example, we've got human cuisine, elven cuisine, dwarven cuisine, halfling cuisine. And then we get into chapter five that has uncommon cuisine. And then of course you cannot have a book on uh, food and drink in D and D without having elixirs and ales, which is our, <laughs> our sixth chapter in here. But I don't know, it may be just because of the time of day that I'm recording this, but this, this uh, recipe in um, human cuisine just caught my eye and I want to share it with you because I am extremely hungry for something like this. It is not necessarily a summer recipe, uh, but as I look at our, the forecast of where I'm recording from in uh, Illinois, we still have lots of days left where we barely get out of the 40s. And so this uh, degree is 40 degrees uh, Fahrenheit. And so um, this recipe looks absolutely delicious. Traveler's Stew. Now, I want to give you a little flavor of this book and the writing of this book because they, they give a nice description of it before they get into um, the recipe itself. So the what they write for Traveler's Stew is, nothing is more welcoming to the battered, trail-weary, wet adventurer than the unmistakable scent of beef and ale wafting from a bubbling flame-licked cauldron. Find a seat near the inn's blackened hearth and take a load off. Warm and warmth and safety are finally at hand. This earthy, slow-cooked concoction consisting of beef, carrots, potatoes, and onions in a dark beer-infused broth is served in eating establishments everywhere. From the Green Dragon Inn and the Yawning Portal to Elfate's Eatery and the Inn of the Last Home. Be warned, traveler, it won't taste right without a wooden spoon. I'm sorry, a wooden bowl and a spoon. That is the disc. If you're not starving by now, like I am, I don't know. You must have just had a huge meal because that sounds absolutely delicious. They also have a great picture, full page, opposite of that description I just read, with a cauldron of the stew with a wooden bowl and a wooden spoon filled with delicious looking beef and carrots and onions and potatoes. And they got a nice glass of ale sitting right next to it. Oh my gosh, it looks so good. Anyway, after that description, then in the middle of the page is where the recipe is. And I won't read the whole recipe, but just to give you a, a flavor of it. In a large bowl, combine the flour, one teaspoon salt and several grinds of pepper. Add the beef and toss to coat well. Warm the oil in a large, heavy pot and blah, blah, blah. And it goes on. I do like the cook's note. It says at the very bottom, it says most stews are made with broth and a small amount of wine. But this one utilizes dark beer. The beer infuses the stew with an earthy and faintly malty flavor. 
That is just one of the dozens and dozens of great recipes in Heroes Feast, the official D&D cookbook, full color, beautiful cookbook filled with fantasy art, um, photographs of the food. It is a delicious, delicious book to have sitting on your table that will fill the tummies of the players at your table or even the tummies of the of your families. Uh, it, it's a great, great book with great recipes. I think you will thoroughly enjoy that. The last book I'd like to talk about today is The Granddaddy of Modern Dungeons & Dragons History. It is the book, the large, feels like a coffee table book. It would look beautiful sitting out in a, in a living room. And that is Art and Arcana, A Visual History by Michael Whitwer, Kyle Newman, John Peterson, and Sam Whitwer. This book is magnificent. It's one of my favorites. I pull this book out often because it takes me back to the day uh, when I first started playing Dungeons and Dragons, when I saw Dungeons and Dragons ads in my comic books, when I bought my first uh, edition, um, Deities and Demigods, which was the first D&D book I ever owned. But it's all in Art and Arcana. This book is filled with pictures of advertisements, um, original art from the books, um, recreated original art. Um, and besides all of the pictures, there are um, there's plenty of historical text written in here by our authors. Um, but some things I wanted to show about or describe about this book. Um, first is just how the book is organized, which I think is really cool and is helpful in going back and looking through uh, the story of Dungeons and Dragons. They break the, the book down into the different editions, which it's chronological. So they start with Detect Magic is chapter one of the original edition, Pyrotechnics first edition. And it works its way through chapter nine, which is titled Wish, and that is fifth edition. Um, they do take a couple of, uh, um, of very historical chapters um, where they remove themselves from necessarily the editions and talk a little bit more about history, where in chapter three, they talk about the crash of 1983 in a chapter titled Explosive Runes, and in um, chapter five, uh, titled Big B's Interposing Hand, it is subtitled The Fall of TSR. So uh, some really cool way to chronologically describe the story of D&D, but um, also creatively uh, titled chapters, which are cool. Um, then a few pages in after the introduction, uh, we get into sort of another breakdown of how this story is told. And they break it down into seven different types of uh, pages uh, that you'll come across throughout the book. One is called The Story, and it says D&D is a game of stories. Stories you read, stories you tell, stories you play. But D&D itself has a story of all its own. And so it talks about the story of the game. Then we get into Artiology or Artiology. D&D is a game of visuals. When it comes to the art of D&D, there is always a notable influence or story behind the story being told on the canvas. So we go into the art of the, of the game. Then another type of collection of pages you will come across in the uh, chapters is artist's favorite. I love this one. Um, artists, D&D is a game of artists. 
from homebrew doodlers to classically trained masters, the artists of D&D have given it given the game its uniform platform for discovery and imagination. And so when you come across a page that is artists' favorites, it is literally um, some of the favorite images of the famous iconic artists of uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Another uh, category or section of story that is told here is Deadliest Dungeons. D&D is a game of dungeons. Of course, dungeons come in many shapes and sizes, but one thing they all have in common is that they're all places of peril. And so we get a history of dungeons <laughs> in Art and Arcana. Evolution is another category that uh, Art and Arcana explores. D&D is a game of monsters. Nothing defies the game quite like the bizarre and grotesque creatures it introduces into our world while also quantifying and reimagining countless others. And so they, they do special studies on different monsters like the Demogorgon and Aseric or Aserac or however you like to say uh, his name. And then we have the many faces of the D&D is a game of characters. Whether they are player-generated characters or come from modules, novels, or beyond, D&D world is teeming with heroes and villains. So we have a tip of the hat to us as players. Um, and then we get into sundry lore. D&D is a game of ideas. Sometimes these ideas package nicely into tables or charts. Sometimes they require sprawling narratives or interdimensional planes. And so we get into the lore of the game as well in this. I think it's a wonderful book. Again, we go through a history of art. We go through a history of the game. We go through a history of players, monsters, everything else. I love the images of covers of books from, from first edition, second edition, third edition. We get some original covers of, or facsimiles of covers of um, Dragon Magazine. If you remember back in the day, um, all of those wonderful Dragon Magazines. I love that we get uh, full page spreads of the original books. Here I'm looking at the original player's handbook um, front and back in a, in a page spread here. So you get the full story of that. And you get it with deities and demigods and others. It's a wonderful book. And if you do not have this or if you have not seen this book, Dungeons and Dragons, Art and Arcana, A Visual History, please be sure to check it out. Go to your public library, see if they have it. Um, I guarantee you, if you take a look at this book, it's something that you will want to put on your shelf. It's well worth the money just for the memories alone, but also the time that I get to spend looking through this book with my own children, sharing stories, saying, oh my gosh, Queen of the Demon Web Pips. Oh my goodness, what a what an amazing module that was. And it's reminded that, you know, and the book reminds me of things like that. So check out Art and Arcana a visual history of Dungeons and Dragons. Well, I sure appreciate you joining me today on Teachers in the Dungeon to talk about some of my favorite D&D books from uh, Kevin Scott's Young Adventurer's Guide to John Peterson's Game Wizards, Heroes Feast and Art and Arcana, four wonderful books. I could go on and on and on. And, you know, maybe another episode I will go on about more D&D books outside of, this, of, the, of the basic rule books that we are used to reading. We're all familiar with those. So I like to introduce uh, my readers or my listeners to uh, some new literature. And so hopefully you've learned something here and I've piqued your interest to want to take a peek into some of these other books. Appreciate you joining us for Teachers in the Dungeon. Don't forget, we are on social media. 
Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Join us there. Join the conversation. If you have a longer description or a question that you have or a story you want to share about any of these books or you're just your own games, email us at teachersinthedungeon at gmail.com. Well, until next time, be kind to others, but especially be kind to yourself. Talk to you soon.